This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello everyone, this is the Evil Chocolate Cookie with tonight's edition of the Jeopardy Chronicles. Late as I predicted, but at least I was able to warn you that we would be late. And I'm going to kind of have to rush through this one because I'm exhausted. I woke up at 2.30am, I have not been back to sleep, and I'm, I'm done for the day. So I'm getting this out as fast as I can without being a jerk about it. And, well, yeah. Like I said, I can't pre-record these, even though these are reruns and I do have them archived. Pre-recording them would just not make much sense. But, eh. So, off we go into the fourth of our final games. As the scores stand... As of the end of yesterday's game, Andrew has two wins, Amy has one, Sam has nothing. And in going over that scoring recap, I just told you our contestants, we will have the same contestants until the end of the tournament. So I don't think I need to go into that too much. But I am jealous of a couple of them. Sam had a crossword puzzle that he wrote accepted by the New York Times. And Amy got to throw out the first pitch at a Major League Baseball game. I'd probably end up throwing the ball in such a way it would hit me, but I still think it would be kind of cool to do. And having a crossword puzzle accepted by the New York Times would be awesome. So yeah, I'm kind of jealous of both of those two. But today's game was another very tight match. Everyone played very, very well and made it tough on their competition. And we, we like that in tournaments like this. We like to see people being at the top of their game and being awesome and making their opponents' lives a little harder. I don't remember exactly who landed all of the daily doubles. I know Andrew found one, I know Sam found one, and I have no clue who found the third one because my brain is mush and I'm tired. So some people will be like, well, if you're tired, why are you why are you recording a podcast or oh don't let people know that you're human. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna keep it real here. Cause that's what we do. I'm a human, and so are you, so humans have human things. But, but it was, on the whole, it was a very tight game. There was really no predicting the outcome. Then again, I say this all the time, there's really never predicting the outcome. Unless you are, you know, clairvoyant or something like that. There's no saying, oh, so-and-so is going to win today. 
you just can't do it because nobody's guaranteed a win. But it it was very tight. Everyone was at everyone was really at the top of their game. The categories today were awesome. It actually surprised me to see how much these people knew about silent movies. Because, you know, silent movies haven't been a thing in years that I'm aware of. And yet they knew so much about it. Then again, I mean, these these three are Tournament of Champions level qualifiers. So, of course, they know a lot about a lot. But that one, that one kind of impressed me. And please don't take this the wrong way, but something else that has impressed me throughout this tournament is even though Sam is a little bit older, he seems to know a lot about current, you know, pop culture stuff. And I'm not saying older people in general don't know that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just the breadth of knowledge about it that he has. Because there are some... Some older people out there, they know some things and not others. But Sam seems to know a lot about everything. (sighs) But that... I digress. When it came to Final Jeopardy... Forgive me for this. I should. I this is unforgivable, but I was really not paying attention to who got the answers right. My my mind was elsewhere, mainly thinking about going to sleep. Normally, I do not miss crucial details like that, especially since this podcast has been a thing. I try to pay attention, but today was just not one of those days, and I'm sorry. Although I can give you the outcome of the game. Actually, I think based on something that Ken said, I think everyone got it wrong. But it was Amy who made the smartest call and wound up on top today. So Amy has earned her second win in the tournament, which means the fifth final game will be happening tomorrow. The tournament could end tomorrow. Or it could not. If either Amy or Andrew win tomorrow's game, the tournament's over. If Sam wins tomorrow's game, then the tournament is not over. And that will force a sixth match. So this tournament, this tournament's hanging by a thread right now because we have two competitors that could win it tomorrow but really we'll just have to see this this is the kind of gameplay that I like in a high level tournament I like to see very competitive very tight games where everyone is giving everyone else a run for their money that in my view is the best kind of tournament And I will always, always hold to that. Unless I'm the one in the tournament. And then I'm going to want to stomp my competition into the pavement. (laughs) 
but I think that's what every tournament of champions qualifier or contestant wants is to be able to obliterate the competition. But that's beside the point. This is not strategy corner. This is flashback. But just the, the intense gameplay, the not knowing what's going to happen. I like that. That that shows you a lot about the players and their skill levels. And this is why I say do not count a tournament winner out of winning the Tournament of Champions. Don't do it. Look at Sam. He won the Professor's Tournament and he's in the finals. He may or may not win, but he's there. And people are so quick to discount the people with smaller winning streaks. Like the five, six, seven game winners. People are so quick to discount them as, oh, they don't stand a chance against this guy who won 59 million games. That's not always true. The super streakers can burn themselves out. And they can, if it, if it's enough, they can burn themselves out enough to where even with the break between the end of their streak and the tournament, they're still not 100%. Fortunately, we've not seen this with Amy, who has the longest streak in the tournament. But it can happen. I mean, think about it. Do you think if Ken Jennings had gone straight into a tournament after that 74-game streak with, you know, less than three to four months to prepare for it? Do you think he would have been able to manage? Because, honestly, I love Ken to pieces. But 75 games, counting the one he lost, of course. I just don't see it. I don't see playing that many games and then coming back in just a few weeks for a tournament. And still being able to effectively play. Now, I grant you, he did come back in... I think it was March or April or something... It was some point in 05. I don't have the Ultimate Tournament of Champions list on me anywhere. But he did come back for the Ultimate Tournament of Champions and got a shortcut to either the semifinals or the finals. One of the two. I don't remember which. Just from his sheer winning streak. But he had time. In between the end of his streak and that tournament, he had time to kind of refresh his brain and take a chill pill. But I do feel like with the with the super streakers that burnout is a real issue when it comes to, you know, them having a streak and then having to come back really quickly for the tournament. None of ours actually had that problem. But I do feel like it could be an issue. 
Like they burn themselves out with this huge winning streak and then they have to come back for this tournament and put even more pressure on themselves and they just can't do it. Because they're human just like the rest of us and they have their limits. But just the whole point is don't discount someone as a potential winner based solely on the length of their streak. And with that, I'm going to shut up because I want to go to bed. I do want to say thank you for tuning in and after the tournament, which will end on Tuesday at the latest, we may take a few days off before the start of the new season on the 11th. I, I don't know yet. It really just depends on what they choose to air. But we may, we may take those two, three, four days off, five, depending on how the game goes tomorrow night. I, I know how things are going to go, but I'm not going to spoil them. So we may take those three, four, five days off, something like that. Depending on what they choose to air for the rest of the reruns. We'll still be here with Spotlight and Strategy Corner no matter what on the weekend. But the, the weekdays are up in the air right now. Just until after this tournament ends and until the new season starts. Weekdays are up in the air. But that's really what I have to say about that. Oh, actually one more thing. On Celebrity Jeopardy nights... Or the day after, one of the two, just depending on when I'm able to watch it. We will have two episodes coming out those days. Because the regular syndicated game will be talked about. And also Celebrity Jeopardy, which is in primetime, will be covered. So I just wanted to get that little bit of housekeeping done. Because if I didn't do it, I'd forget it. And finally, I am done for the day. So I'm going to sign off. I'm going to say good night. And as Alex would say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production.